highly skilled and motivated people have a strong desire to master their craft. And this is such a critical step in creating like the culture of success. So it's really my job to make sure that we're teaching both the art of sales and the science of it. I always say that we can't make someone successful, but we can help them on their journey to become successful. You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a B2B podcast that brings you the juiciest insights from go-to-market leaders and practitioners. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Eric McIntyre. Today, I'm super excited to talk to Dave Woolwine on building a high-performance team. Dave has been part of the sales motion of many high-growth companies such as Verant, Sprinkler, and Fuse. For the last two years, he's been the vice president of sales for the Americas at HackerOne. HackerOne was started by ethical hackers and security leaders driven by a passion for making the internet safer. HackerOne partners with the global hacking community to surface the most relevant security issues of our customers before criminals can exploit them. Dave, I'm really excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So um, impressive background, awesome company. I'm sure you've got a lot of great stories of working for an organization like that with such a unique history. I guess, could you tell our, our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background working with hypergrowth organizations? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so a little bit of background about myself. I spent the last 20 years in the SaaS space selling primarily with early to mid-stage companies. Like most people in my role, I started as an AE and worked my way up to my current role at HackerOne. You know, during this time, I had roles at everything from pre-revenue companies all the way through billion-dollar organization. And I really found that my passion is companies that have first initially proven a market fit and want to scale their organization from you know roughly 20 million to over 100 million. You know, it's I've learned over the years that at that level of revenue and growth, I found my skill sets provide the most value to the company, the sales team, and also the customer. And lastly, I really love what I do by helping the reps and a sales leader become better at the craft so they can bypass the mistakes I made earlier in my career. I love that. You know, you mentioned uh, taking that full journey from AE to leadership today. I'm curious, you know, as you made that transition, what's maybe the the biggest thing you kind of learned being on the other side of the table, going from individual contributor to, you know, management or leadership positions? Yeah, you know, it, it's... <laughs> You always think that the grass is always greener. You know, when you're an AE, you always want to say, gosh, if I was a, you know, a leader or a manager, when you're a manager, you want to become a VP. You know, I think one of the interesting things is this rule is really hard. Everything that we do from, you know, when you're talking about high producing, high revenue companies that are going from, you know, 20, 30 million and scaling to 100 plus million, there is complexities. When I say at HackerOne, you know, every single day, I was like, listen, we're making history every day. We, you know, there's a lot of things we just don't know what's going to happen because no one's ever done it before to get to this point, especially in the crowdsource security market. So I think it's really about the unknowns and being really more redefining your skill set as a Swiss army knife and then just as a blade, because every single day you are proposed with opportunities and also challenges that you have to think through that you have to kind of model and find out how that's going to impact yourself and other work, other parts of the organization. Love that. Um, you know, as we're thinking about your position today, you know, growing a team, um, one thing you mentioned when we first met a couple of weeks ago is, hey, a lot of organizations, they find it challenging to identify and recruit high-performing individuals. Why does this happen? Is the recruiting process, you know, really that bad across the tech sector? 
Yeah, yeah. This is this is kind of one of my passion parts of my role, and it's really it's really interesting because what I found is most companies have spent all their time developing and redefining their ICP, their ideal customer profile, and they're very audible ready on you know their market, their industry, the personas that they want the sales team to target. But the challenge is most companies have not done done the same exercise around the people they want to hire, which is the IEP, their ideal employee profile. During my last interview cycle, I spoke to a lot of CEOs and they were all really able to talk about where they are, fall in the market, where they want to get to, and also where does their product fit. But they were unsure of what their e- e- or IEP is and what makes a great sales team. One of the reasons why most co- companies don't accelerate as fast as they desire is that they're hiring the wrong profile. And I'm specifically talking about you know the high growth, high accountability sales works, which is a much different profile than someone who wants to work at a large established software company. Got it. Yeah, that's it's so interesting. Um, you know, just, just like you mentioned, the the skill set that's required by you know a fast growing. Uh, series one company versus or series a versus you know someone that's more established and it's more brand awareness and and just different skill sets and making sure you have the right folks in place to set them up for success right um if i guess when you're thinking about recruiting high performing individuals like how would you go about it is there a framework one could follow or like how are you identifying these these folks yeah the traditional way what i've seen people interviewing especially when i come into organizations you know one of the things i want to focus in on is you know the standardization of the interview process but what i've seen is most companies are just interviewing towards the resume so they take a resume and the interview starts off and go okay you're currently working at x companies they ask ask a lot of traditional interview questions which you know of course the aes are super well versed on and ready for and they give fantastic answers and then at the end the hiring manager goes okay i feel this person you know is good for the position because they answered all my questions correctly this is a huge mistake the resume doesn't tell you who the person is how they will adapt to an ever-changing environment whether they're the type of person that wants to become an elite seller which means the ability to have uncomfortable conversations and always be constantly being coached and really, do they have the desire to be the best in their field? I break it down that I'm looking to cover really three things. I'm trying to understand their grit, their determination, and drive. And a resume won't tell you those characteristics. I've actually installed in my leadership team that recruiting, it's the hardest and most important part of the position. Now, if you make a mistake you know, in the hiring process, you usually identify and you could course correct within about six months. But the impact on the territory and the revenue goals last 12 months past that, which is usually pretty crippling to a sales leader in a sales organization. So I really simplified the message to my team and it's and I really hold it true is there's only two reasons why a person would not work out. Either we hired incorrectly, so we didn't go through the process needed to identify the characteristics that we know make successful salespeople or we hired the person and we did not train them. We, we really failed them on you know, creating an environment where they can come in and get better within an organization. Both fall into the leadership teams. So this is why I really kind of focus on the three R's, which is recruit, retain, and revenue. Got it. Um, 
One thing you mentioned that I, I want to circle back to was it's really hard to recruit based off you know our resume and questions because salespeople that we're focusing are really good at answering questions. It's part of their job set, right? So you're looking for grit, determination, drive. How are you sussing that out during the, I guess, interview process? Like, it seems difficult, right? It's very difficult. Yeah. You know, it's very difficult because, you know, what you're trying to find out is who the person really is. You know, we, you really want to understand past the resume or past their, did they hit quota or did they not hit quota? You really un- want to understand how they deal with adversity. How do they deal with challenges? What are tough situations that they rose above that most people would just throw in the towel? That's the type of things you're really looking for. And you have to kind of, you know, you have to put, you know, create your questions around finding out who that person is and then also align that to, can they do the job, which is, are they hitting quota? Can they actually go out to a greenfield territory and call in companies and represent a company some people might have not heard before. Are they, you know, able to join a company or, and then, you know, start you know, prospecting right away, get involved in deals and create, you know, very large deals uh, within a short period of time. It's really the combination, but I personally would rather hire somebody who has a grit, determination and drive and teach them the industry and how we sell than hire somebody that has uh, you know high skill, but a very low will and you know really not looking to put the work in got it yep that makes sense um now the the idea of uh the three r's you mentioned recruit retain revenue can you expand on that yeah so i believe the concept of what motivates salespeople is wrong i hear all the time from people in other industries of salespeople are solely driven by money and the way they describe salespeople is more of like they're a mercenary with zero loyalty. And I find the exact opposite. So I find that if you hire the right person, that you're finding someone who has an internal drive, they want to become better in their profession. They want to work for other highly talented people and work for a leadership team that will continually push them. Now, this means that you have to have the leadership structure and the company set up so you can be intimately involved with the person so you can help the salesperson make positive shifts in her career. You know, lastly, you know, only after you hire the right person and you spend the time and effort to train, coach, and mentor that person, will you be able to focus on revenue? Most companies have it backwards. All they really want to focus in is the revenue that the salesperson will bring to them. So the person gets hired and immediately is like, what are you going to bring to the table? Now, I just think that First, it does go in order, spend the time to hire quality salespeople to create an environment that they can get become better in their career because people want to become better in the career. And then the third thing is give them a playbook that they understand what their uh, duties and responsibilities are and teach them how to close big, complex deals. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know... Uh, Recruiting is one thing, right? Um, finding the right person, finding the the best fit for the job, setting them up for success. But you and me both know that, hey, retaining great talent is just as crucial. So once you do hire the right people, how do you ensure they stay motivated? And even thinking about you know this remote environment we find ourselves in, where um, even the most talented people can get distracted just a tad bit easier because we're working at home, we're in a pajamas sometimes, we're not at offices often. 
I guess, how do you make sure they're, they're becoming better in their career? They're just staying, you know, staying focused. Yeah. You know, highly skilled and motivated people have a strong desire to master their craft. That's the bottom line. And this is such a critical step in creating like the culture of success. So it's really my job to make sure that we're teaching both the art of sales and the science of it. And it really is a, it's, it's a combination. Um, you know, sometimes companies look at enablement as like a sunk cost or a nice to have where it's not imperative. But I look at my career and I struggled early on because I joined companies that I was never properly trained. And it was only when I started getting properly trained that my career really took off. You do this by consistently training, education, you know, education, and then pushing their boundaries. You ask about their motivation. This gets back to really truly spending time with the people on your team to understand what drives them, where they want to go in their careers, you know, and how we can help them achieve their goals. I always say that we can't make someone successful, but we can help them on their journey to become successful. Yeah, it's it's clear to me that, you know, you're obviously very passionate about mentorship, right? Um, hiring is one thing, but just setting up, you know, sales reps to success, not only in a career with you, but just like ongoing, right? Um, if any one of our listeners is looking for a mentor or mentorship, what would be your advice to them in terms of identifying the right mentor? Yeah. So to me, this is the one a- area that will change their career. I, a mistake I see reps make is they're only focusing in on the OTE. So they say, I can move over this. I'm going to keep on jumping jobs because they're going to give me, you know, 10 or 20K more on the OTE. Or, you know, they, they, you know, get called up by a company with that's the latest rocket ship company du jour that's saying, come join our company. We're going to make you a millionaire with our, with our stock, right? We hear that a lot. We see people jumping and they're jumping for the wrong reasons. If I was a rep today, if I had to start all over, I would be interviewing the hell out of the person that would be reporting to. So I would actually understand how they could make me better at my craft. You know, that's the type of mentorship that will double, triple your earnings in the future. You know, my own experience early in my career, you know, I was a pretty brash salesperson. I thought I had all the answers because I was pretty good at sales. I was always, you know, hitting my number. Um, I never thought it was that hard of a role, but I was kind of just floating through. And I remember the first time I started with a company called Varent, we went on a very large prospect meeting. And afterwards, my manager asked me, how do you think it went? You know, at the time I was like, well, of course. I said, fantastic. But then he asked me if he could give me some candid feedback, which I think is important because, you know, some people are ready for it. Some people aren't. And I said, absolutely. And then he went on and dissected each part of the meeting of how I came across to the customer, my overall professionalism, what, you know, how did he rate me compared to other salespeople? And listen, it was a really tough conversation, but it came from a place of trust. And from that point on, I realized that not only did I have a gap, but I wanted to fill that gap as fast as possible. And I was really driven to become better. That wouldn't have happened unless someone really cared about myself and my career. And had that really open and honest conversation. That's why, you know, for people that want that want to really take the next step in their career, they need to find a mentor that they can, you know, that they can go down and spend time with and understand how to become a better, you know, sales professional. 
Yeah, it sounds like it's not just someone who can answer, you know, day-to-day questions of how to do your job, but a good mentor is going to challenge you and take you out of your comfort zone. It's easy for sellers to become complacent after finding some success, right? A great mentor can identify areas of opportunity or growth and ensure you're constantly keeping your skills sharp as sales is always changing and evolving. You know, what worked yesterday may not work tomorrow. And the skill set you possess today needs to continue to grow as companies go up market, as targets change, as ICPs adapt. And even as you may shift from company to company, a good mentor is going to make sure you're ready for, you know, what tomorrow is going to bring. So I want to wrap up for this year for a lot of companies. Um, what's top of mind is economic uncertainty, right? How are you or your organization adapting to the current economic downturn? Yeah, I always sell. I always say that there's kind of there's two ways to describe the product that you're selling. You're either selling a vitamin or you're selling an aspirin. So when times are good, like they've been for the last couple of years, money is flowing from Silicon Valley. Everybody has extra money. There's a lot of products that sell because the money is just there, but they're not addressing a true pain point. The other side of the house is, you know, selling an aspirin, which is no matter if it's a good economy or a bad economy you are actually solving a pretty significant need. At HackerOne, we sell an aspirin. You know, we help strengthen companies' security posture while protecting them from catastrophic breaches. And that's one of the reasons why we're still continuing to hire even this down economy because we look at this as good products will rise above even in a, even in a downturn like is happening today. And we're seeing great success at HackerOne right now. That's awesome. I, I love that metaphor. I'm curious with your, you know, background as a sales leader, have you and I guess your your teams adjusted or made any pivots of how you go to market or how you approach whether it's, you know, opportunities or prospecting accounts just with the economy in mind or have you not noticed anything? No, you have to be really really tight on what value you're actually going to bring to the customer. So, you know, no matter how great your product is and of course I think Hacker One is a fantastic product there's always extra scrutiny with the spend nowadays. So in every size of deal, we, you know, we've, we're finding that finance is involved heavily, you know, midway through the negotiations all the way through signature. And there is a lot of ask on how can we justify this, you know, not only to, you know, my, my, you know, leader, but also to the CEO of the company. So, what we've been really doing is we've been slowing down the sales process. So we're addressing those concerns earlier on where we, where we know for a fact you will have to justify this and the justification has to be rock solid. So my team is really spending time to work with their champions in their accounts to develop, um, you know, what we call the three whys, you know, why do anything, why now, why hacker one. So we can actually create a deck that we can share with the executive staff and the CEO of, the reason why they picked Hacker One, the problems that we're solving, and the type of money that we're going to be able to save for them. Awesome. Dave, I'm curious, do you have an acronym for everything? I'm getting the sense. <laughs> I'm a very simple person, and I like I like to keep everything as simple as possible. Yes, fair enough. Um, before we wrap up, I, you know, I want to flip the script. We've talked yeah. about, about interviewing and finding the right candidates and tips on that. Thinking about it on the other side of the table, um, for our listeners who are interviewing for positions, you know they're they're not always 
in your experience, people don't always interview well. Do you have any yep. tips or suggestions of how to get better at that? Yeah, absolutely. This is one I, I, I try to I try to talk people through that when during the hiring process of what we look for. But the bottom line is the sales leader that you're interviewing for, what you show them during the interview process is what they're going to see, you know, when they when they hire you. So it is about coming prepared to the interview, knowing who you're speaking to, knowing the company, having really detailed questions about who, you know, the role, who you're going to be reporting to, the company, understand where their strengths and weaknesses are. After the meeting, sending up follow-up emails of saying, this is what we heard, this is what we discussed, this is what I'd like to see, you know, you know, like to do next with you. These are the questions I have. It is a sales process that you're doing. And I don't think people realize that. I think people go through the interview process and, you know, they don't treat it as as well as an actual um, sales process. And when I'm when I'm looking at people to come in and, you know, run a, a big territory for hacker one, if I don't see that during an interview process, I won't see that, you know, when they're out in the field. So I look for detail, I look for follow through, and I look for people that really are trying to decide, is this the best move for my career? So I always say that, um, you know, when you're interviewing somebody, are they buying or are they selling? You know, when you're, when someone's interviewing with you and they're selling, they're trying to sell you on themselves. I look for the people that are trying to buy. They're trying to say, is hacker one, the best move for me? And they ask the great questions. You know, they're a little skeptical of, you know, conversations. They always want to come back and get into the details. And those are the people, if you able to, you know, find those super talented, highly motivated people, they're going to be able to, you know, do fantastic things for your organization. That's great advice. I appreciate it, Dave. Um, so every episode, we like to wrap up with three questions. The first one being around Goodreads. Is there a book, blog, newsletter, website, or video that you'd recommend to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the, the best book I've read in the last year is called The Qualified Sales Leader by John McMahon. Is somebody who I've been lucky enough to be taught by in some of my uh, previous companies. Extremely straightforward, very detailed, and um, should be a must-read for most companies. The second thing is I love podcasts. You know, I, I love to be able to listen, and I think one of the really interesting ones is called "At the Table" by uh, Patrick Leonsoni, which is the person who wrote "The Five Dysfunctions of a Team." I love that too because it's little short clips and it's really more around the EQ part of our job. Like how do you know people? How do you know yourself? Which I think is extremely important to become uh, you know, a successful sales person and also sales leader. And then the last one is um, the four disciplines of execution by Covey. I think that is gets back to my earlier point. I'm a pretty simple person. I, I like really succinct uh, books. This one is great. It's an easy read, and I think um, anybody who reads it will get a lot out of it. Thanks, Dave. Those, those sound great. Um, I'm writing those down for myself. Um, for some good people, could you share the name of the names of three inspirational people in the B2B space that you recommend we bring to the show? Yeah, uh, the first one, John McMahon. He's godfather of software sales. <laughs> I think you know he's one of these you know people that if you get to spend some time with you, it changes your outlook on how to go go to market. Um, the two other people I work for directly, one Cedric Pesh, who's a CRO um, over at MongoDB, um, h- extremely high EQ, master of the sales process. 
Uh, the last is Chris Doggett. I worked with him at Fuse. I think he's a super intelligent sales leader that I learned a lot. I still learn a lot from him to this day. Great. And then last but not least, how can people get in touch with you after this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. I love to connect on LinkedIn. Dave Woolwine. Fantastic. Well, Dave, I really enjoyed having you on our podcast today. Thanks for being on our show. Perfect. Been a pleasure. Thank you. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is smarter GTM for B2B brands to help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demandbase TV. 